To Ephesus, I know your works. To Smyrna, I know your tribulations and poverty. To Pergamum, I know you live where Satan's throne is. To Theatira, I know your works. To Sardis, I know your works. To Philadelphia, I know your works. To Laodicea, I know your works. In other words, Jesus knows exactly what we are going through. Chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation go through a description of these seven different churches in seven different cities. Jesus lists some of the positive things and some of the negative things about every single church. And there are some uh, parallels that could be brought to every one of our lives from almost every one of these churches. But I want to focus on the message of Laodicea. Let me read what Jesus says to them. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich and affluent and have no need of anything. And yet do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments to put on, so that your shameful nakedness may not be exposed, and buy ointment to smear on your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and chastise. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. The first point I would like to make is that Jesus, when he comes across Christians who are lukewarm in their faith, he gets sick to his stomach. I do not see any other way to read that. And does this not describe far too many of the people in our own day? We joke about Catholics who only come to church on Christmas and Easter, but it is a tragedy for their souls and a terrible heartache for grandparents and parents. Jesus also says to the Laodiceans that he wishes they were hot or cold. If someone is on fire for the Lord, that is what he wants. And if someone is cold toward the Lord, He can work with them to bring them to himself. But if someone is lukewarm who says, I know who Jesus is, I know Jesus is there, but I'm too busy with other things, or some other type of dismissal, that is a very dangerous place to be. What is it that causes this according to Jesus? Being rich, thinking you have no need of anything more, or that the world can supply everything that you want or need. But Jesus lays out the problem very concisely here. He calls those who are lukewarm, wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Then Jesus says something that I think is a conclusion to all seven of the comments to the churches. He says, Those whom I love I reprove and chastise. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Jesus is being very gentle, but very firm. We have all heard of the stories of preachers who preach hellfire and damnation. And we've heard also of the stories of preachers who only preach peace and prosperity and love such that nobody's going to hell. Neither of those extremes are correct. Then Jesus turns to what I would call a summary of all he intended to say to the different churches. It is a section of Revelation that has been popularized with good reason. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me. I will give the victor the right to sit with me on my throne as I myself 
first won the victory and sit with my father on his throne. But we have to open the door to our souls. Then he concludes this section with a line that should chill every heart. Whoever has ears ought to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Why should that be so chilling? We all have ears, but do we use them correctly? We all have eyes, but we do. But do we use them correctly? We all have hands, feet, mouths, but do we use them correctly? This is the call to holiness that God gives us, and his instructions to the churches in these two chapters show us the way to life or the way to destruction. The next part of the book of Revelation leads into the reading we had today. We are introduced to four creatures, and tradition has connected them to the four writers of the Gospels. John tells us these creatures resemble a lion, Mark, an ox, Luke, a man, Matthew, and an eagle, John. To give one example, St. Irenaeus compared the eagle to John because he soars to the heights of contemplation and and to, to contemplate the divinity of the Word who is Jesus. Next, we hear the song of the four creatures. It's very short and goes like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Does that remind you of anything? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. We sing or say this at every Mass. It is also found in, the, in this way in the book of Isaiah. Why the three words of, of holy? In English, we can say holy, holier, holiest. In Spanish, there are only two, two words, santo y más santo. But in Hebrew, there's only one word, kadosh. So in Hebrew, they repeat it three times to indicate the greatness of holiness. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Then there is a hymn sung by 24 elders. Why 24 elders, you ask? I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) There are 12 tribes of Israel, and there are 12 apostles. This is an indication of the unity of the Old Testament and the New the Old Covenant, and the New. They are all singing the praises of Jesus, who was slain, and his blood purchased people from every tribe and tongue and nation. Then we come into our reading from today, where there are countless numbers, singing with the four living creatures and the 24 elders, the hymn we have in today's reading. How many things is the Lamb worthy to receive in this song? power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. Again, we see the number seven. How many sacraments are there in the church? Seven. Then we hear something very interesting. It is echoed in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul says that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. But in Revelation, it reads, Then I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and the sea, everything in the universe, cry out. So, this section that is our reading today is preceded by the letters to the churches. All of those letters end with the encouragement of Jesus to overcome the temptations of the world. If we do that and live for Christ, we will be part of this great 
cloud of witnesses that Hebrews speaks about, who sings praises to God. And I return to the warning at the end of chapter 3. Whoever has ears ought to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We cannot be like the Laodiceans, who were lukewarm because they were rich and comfortable. We have to learn to give full praise to God for all he has done and all he has promised to do. We would do well to make these short little hymns in the book of Revelation the cry of our souls. I urge you to reread this section. Find in it your desire to be part of that countless crowd of witnesses who stand to sing to the Lamb, who is the only one worthy of our praise and honor. I mentioned last week that I might be a little longer as I try to get through the different parts of the book of Revelation. And remember, this series on the book of Revelation is on my podcast site. This is the second in the series. I hope you are not finding it too boring. It's not boring to me because I love to say, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy are you, O Lord, Lamb of God. You have conquered death. You have destroyed the grave. You have ascended to the royal throne of all creation. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Holy, holy, holy are you. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you. May our praises be raised to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen.